Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihuda, amma ba'd. My dearly respected brothers and sisters, tonight we continue bi'ithnillahi ta'ala from where we left off in the explanation of Al-Ha'iyya, which is the great poem written on the topic of Aqidah by the great Imam from the Salaf, Abu Bakr ibn Abi Dawood al-Sijistani rahimahullah. And we were discussing the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which the great Imam has mentioned in the book and in particular we were speaking about the Nuzul, the descending of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the lowest heaven at the final third of every night. And this attribute, the attribute of nuzul or descending, it is an attribute that is affirmed for Allah azza wa jal because it has been reported in the authentic narrations, in the authentic ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we've discussed those hadiths previously. And regarding those hadiths which discuss the attribute of nuzul or descending for Allah Azza wa Jal, the Imam Rahimahullah, after speaking about it, he then says, رَوَى ذَاكَ قَوْمٌ لَا يُرَدُّ حَدِيثُهُمْ أَلَا خَابَ قَوْمُ كَذَّبُوهُمْ وَقُبِّحُوا he says in this part of the poem that a group has reported this, meaning the hadith of Nuzul, of Allah descending to the lowest heaven. He says a group, and by the group here he means the Sahaba. A group has reported this whose reports cannot be rejected, are not to be rejected. Because these hadiths cannot be rejected. And we will explain what the Imam means by this. He said, but indeed, some people have failed belying these narrators, and thus they were criticized. So, the hadiths of Nuzul cannot be denied, the Imam says, because they are narrated by people who their hadith cannot be rejected. You must accept their hadith. But there were those who denied and belied them from the people of innovation who rejected these hadiths, the hadiths of Nuzul. When the Imam says that this was narrated by those whose reports are not to be rejected, why can't their reports be rejected? Because the hadith of Nuzul is what is classified in Mustalah al-Hadith as Mutawatir. And Mutawatir means Hadith that has a number of chains, a large number of chains. And we've gone through this in previous lessons to show the difference between a Mutawatir Hadith and a Ahad Hadith. There's Hadith Mutawatir and Hadith Ahad. And the difference between the two types of Hadith Mutawatir hadith is what was narrated by a number of narrators, a lot of narrators, okay? And the, the number in particular that the scholars of hadith have put 
is 10 and above. So if a hadith has been narrated by 10 narrators or above, that hadith is considered to be mutawatir. It has a lot of chains. Anything less than that, they consider it to be ahad or singular hadith. Ahad hadith is a hadith that has one narrator. Not a lot, but one. Why is this important to know? Because the people of innovation from the Jahmiyyah, the Mu'tazila, and current day today, the Ashairah, the Matrudiyya, and whoever follows their way, they came up with a principle in the past, and they still follow it today. What's the principle that they've made from themselves? They said if a, ha- if a hadith is a had, meaning has few narrators, we don't take it in aqidah. This is the principle of the Ash'aris and their followers. They said if a hadith is a had, meaning it doesn't have a lot of chains, we can't take it in aqidah. They say we can take it in other things, fiqh, seerah, no problem. But when it comes to your belief aqidah, the hadith must be mutawatir, meaning it must have a lot of chains. The sheikh here, the imam, is saying the hadith of nuzul cannot be rejected because that false principle which they created and came up with, this hadith is mutawatir. So they can't, re- they can't even reject this hadith. They can't even reject this hadith. Now I know that principle is incorrect. The truth, the correct path, is that we do not differentiate between a hadith that is ahad or mutawatir. To Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, it doesn't matter how many chains the hadith has, even if it has one. What matters is that the hadith is sahih. That's all. Yeah? So as long as a hadith is sahih, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah accept it. And believe it or not, if you study hadith, the mutawatir hadith are very few compared to the ahad. Most of the hadiths in Islam are ahad. They only had a couple of narrators. It is only a little bit of hadiths that are mutawatir, that come on the huge number of chains. But this does not affect the authenticity of a hadith. A hadith can have one narrator and it is sahih. It meets the conditions of authenticity. So it was the people of innovation who created this principle. They said if a hadith is ahad, we reject it in aqidah. But if it's mutawatir, we accept it in aqidah. So Ahlul Sunnah refuted them. And they said, where did you come up with this principle from? If a hadith is ahad or mutawatir. Who gave you that permission to make that distinction? But subhanAllah, it's only following their desires. And subhanAllah, that entire principle, believe it or not, which they came up with, about ahad hadith, mutawatir hadith, they created that whole principle, believe it or not, initially, to reject one particular hadith. They made a whole principle that rejected most of the hadiths in Islam, in aqidah. Why? 
to reject one hadith that they could not swallow. Subhanallah. Who knows what that hadith is? What's the one hadith that the mubtadi'a, the people of innovation, made a whole principle so that they do not accept that hadith? Because they can't say it's not sahih. Because the hadith is in sahih Muslim. It's 100% authentic. But they tell you because it's ahad, it only has a few narrators or few chains, we can't accept it. Does anyone know what that hadith is? It's the hadith that electric shocks them whenever they hear it. The hadith of the slave lady. Yeah? The Prophet ﷺ, his great companion Muawiyah, radiyallahu anhu. Muawiyah had a slave, a slave lady. One day she done something that upset Muawiyah. And out of frustration and anger, he hit her. But then he felt bad. It's his slave. He owns that slave. It's his property. But he still felt bad and guilty about hitting her. He knew it's wrong. So he went to the Prophet ﷺ. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I hit my slave and I feel bad. So the Prophet ﷺ told Muawiyah, call her. Go bring your slave. So Muawiyah bring his slave. Simple lady. The Prophet ﷺ asked her two questions only. The first question he asked her, Ain Allah, where is Allah? And the hadith says she pointed up to the heavens and she said, Fissama, in or above the heavens. He then asked her, Who am I? She said, The Messenger of Allah. So the Prophet said to Muawiyah, Let her free, set her free, she is a believer. So this hadith, it's a fawn in the throats of the people of innovation. Why? Because they deny that Allah is above. They tell you, you can't say Allah is above. They'll give you two interpretations. Number one, Allah has no place. They tell you Allah has no place. He's not up, he's not down, he's not right, not left, not forward, not back. Allah exists without a place. This is a famous saying of the people of innovation. The second is Allah is everywhere. وَالْعِيَاذُ بِاللَّهِ And both is misguidance. Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they go back to the Quran and the Sunnah. Allah tells us He is above. The slave lady, and Nabi Sallallahu asked her clear Arabic language, where is Allah? She pointed up. So the people of innovation, because that hadith goes against their desires, they said you can't take this hadith because it's ahad. So they made the whole principle of rejecting ahad hadith in aqidah because why? That hadith did not sit right with them. And that shows you the misguidance. How do you know someone is on misguidance? When the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam does not sit right with them. That's how you know someone's deviated. When you tell them the Prophet sallallahu said, or Allah said, and they still find it hard in themselves to accept what you've told them. That is the sickness of the hearts. Because in Islam, 
Allah tells us, Sami'na wa ata'na, we hear and we obey. This is why the Imam here is saying the hadith of Nuzul cannot be rejected. He's refuting who here? The Mubtadi'ah. Use the one to reject Ahad hadith in Aqidah. You cannot even reject this hadith because it is, it is not Ahad, it is Mutawatir. Nah. He then moves on to the next chapter. And the next part of his book is a beautiful part also which talks about the Sahaba. Radiallahu ta'ala anhum. And he says, وَقُلْ إِنَّ خَيْرَ النَّاسِ بَعْدَ مُحَمَّدٍ وَزِيرَاهُ قِدْمَ ثُمَّ عُثْمَانَ الْأَرْجَحُ وَرَابِعُهُمْ خَيْرُ الْبَرِيَّ بَعْدَهُمْ عَلِيٌّ حَلِيفُ الْخَيْرِ بِالْخَيْرِ مُنْجِحُ Here he says, رحمه الله, and say, meaning you, O أهل السنة, you must say, that indeed the best of people after Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam were his two wazirs. Wazirs means deputies. And who is he referring to here? Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, as they are the best of this nation after its prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He said, and then Uthman according to the most correct position. The best of the Ummah after the Prophet is Abu Bakr and Umar. He then said, then Uthman, according to the correct opinion. Why did he say then Uthman, according to the correct opinion? I'll tell you why. Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhumah being the best of this Ummah, there was no difference of opinion. Everyone agreed that Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhum were the best of this ummah after its prophet. Don't worry about what others say today. Their words have no concern. Aslan, that's not even part of Islam. When it came to Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu, among the early Muslims in that time, there was a difference of opinion. Who is better, Uthman or Ali? The good Muslims, the righteous Muslims. There was a khilaf. That's why the Imam here is saying, according to the correct opinion, then Uthman. And it is the correct opinion. After Abu Bakr and Umar, Uthman is the best, radiallahu ta'ala anhu, then Ali. But it's to show us that there were early on those who believed Ali radiallahu anhu was more virtuous than Uthman. But those Muslims back then, be careful. Those Muslims back then would never ever curse or abuse or hate anyone. It was just a preference of who is better than better. Who is better than who. But they loved them both. Uthman and Ali radiallahu anhu, no doubt. But then came afterwards tashayyu' or what we prefer to call as rafd, the rafidah, where they began to hate 
Uthman and Abu Bakr and Umar radiallahu anhum and gave preference to Ali over the rest radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'in. This has nothing to do with Islam. But there were from the Salaf, from the pious predecessors, who loved both Uthman and Ali radiallahu anhu, no doubt, and they believed both were virtuous, but they believed Ali was better than Uthman. It's an opinion. It was an opinion by some of them. But the more correct, as the Imam says here, is no. Uthman radiallahu ta'ala anhu came before Ali. So this section of the book talks about the Sahaba. And there's no doubt that the companions are the best of people after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As An-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, the best people are my generation, then those who follow them, then those who follow them. Three generations. Khairul Qurun Qarni, the best of generations is mine. Meaning who? The Prophet ﷺ and his Sahaba, that's his generation. The best of generations is mine. Then those who follow them, which is the second generation. Then those who follow them, which is the third generation. The first generation are the Sahaba. The second generation are the students of the Sahaba. The ones that learnt from the Sahaba, they're called the Tabi'een, followers. Then the third generation is Atba'u Tabi'een, the followers of the followers. And those three generations, or that 300 years, are the best of generations. And them together, all 300 years, are known as the Salaf. So when someone is called a Salafi, it's not a bad thing. All it means is he follows the way of the best three generations. So don't be offended, Mr. Al-Abad, if someone calls you a Salafi. Huh? It's a compliment without a doubt. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah, we follow the pious predecessors. Huh? The Prophet ﷺ vouched for them. The best of generations is mine, then those who follow them, then those who follow them. That's a vouch from Rasulullah ﷺ. So you as a Muslim... You have to try to be like them Because the Prophet said they're the best No doubt So when you practice your religion First thing you should ask yourself Did the pious predecessors do this? When you believe something Did the pious predecessors believe this? When you say something Did they say it? So you take your deen from them And that is guidance Because the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa himself Praised those three generations. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised the Sahaba in many ayat throughout the Quran. وَالسَّابِقُونَ الْأَوَّلُونَ مِنَ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالَّذِينَ اتَّبَعُوهُمْ بِإِحْسَانٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوعًا Allah says He is pleased with them and they are pleased with Him. So we must accept all of the Sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhu and their virtues. There's no doubt about that. We are not like the Rafida who hate and make takfir and, and uh, tafsiq and whatever else of the majority of the Sahaba. No. 
Allah has praised all the Sahaba in the Quran and in the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah called them As-Sadiqoon, the truthful. Allah called them the Sadiqoon, the truthful. That's why whoever claims that the Sahaba are untruthful disbelieves. He's a kafir because he's belying the Quran where Allah has said they are truthful. Naam. So the Muhajirun, they're the Sahaba who migrated from Mecca to Medina with the Prophet ﷺ. And the Ansar are the Sahaba of Medina. And there was big khilaf amongst the ulama who was better, the Muhajirun or the Ansar. Which companions are better? The ones that migrated from Mecca or the Ansar that accepted them and took them in and helped them establish the Khalifa and whatever else. There was a big debate amongst the ulama in the past. Who's better, the Muhajirun or the Ansar? Many of the scholars give preference to the Muhajirun. Many of the scholars give preference to the Muhajirun. Why? Because they were with an Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from the very beginning when he was doing it very tough and they were getting tortured and persecuted and whatever else and they stood firm. But a lot of the scholars give preference to the Muhajirun over the Ansar without denying the virtues of the Ansar. The Ansar, subhanAllah, they were a special uh, type of people also, without a doubt. They took in the companions of Mecca and they gave them everything. And if you want to read and learn about true ukhuwa, true brotherhood in Islam, which is something we lack today, that true mahabba, that true love between our Muslim brothers, if you want to read on the best of examples, go read the stories of the Ansar. How they took in the Muhajirun who they did not even know, but because they came with Rasulullah they gave them preference over themselves. They gave them preference over this themselves. And there's a lot of stories, like the ones who would offer their wives to their brother in marriage, uh, offer their farms and their wealth. Who will do that today? Someone he doesn't even know. Very rare. But subhanAllah, they had that love for each other in their hearts because the Prophet ﷺ made them brothers. He made them brothers through the will of Allah Azza wa Jal. Through the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Insha'Allah, in our next lesson, we will continue discussing some of the virtues of the Sahaba radiyallahu ta'ala anhum. Allahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.